Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're looking at another TV episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and I'm ready to record for every woman, man, and child that wants to listen to a podcast, that wants to hear what I have to say. Who is with me tonight? Hi, everybody. This is Kenneth Sanity telling you that what you need is there to read on the dotted line. This is Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com advising you to kill your self-control. And this is Joe Butler, and I will throw my dog the invisible bone. (laughs) That was good. That was better than mine. I didn't know what the hell to say. So we are here to talk about a show that I had absolutely zero, point zero interest in, and only did because you guys, I felt bad. I made you guys watch some shit and cover it with me. It's like, all right, we'll try this. We're here to talk about Peacemaker Season 1 that came out in 2022. I can't believe it's been a year. Let this be a lesson to everybody, despite what television and the media tells you. Bullying actually does work, because (laughs) we essentially bullied Mike into covering this. He might felt bad. Hey, don't you know, calling someone a bully is also bullying, because being a bully isn't cool. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a show that's, what, written by James Gunn, essentially produced by James Gunn? I'm assuming he directed some of them. Produced, he did direct at least, I know he directed a few of the episodes. Probably the first, probably the last. I know he did the first one. But and then the first two and like I, I was trying to keep track, but then like I I pretty much binged these last Saturday because I watched one episode Friday and then Saturday I was just doing them and then I just couldn't stop because this is my third go through. <laughs> and Mine like too. Any, any excuse just to watch this show. Yeah, like, and you see, I had no like this is not I mean, I heard people talk about it. One of the podcasts I listened to pretty religiously, Comic Conspiracy. When this came out, he talked about it. Like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I like you, but I don't always trust your opinion, Ryan. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm not sure. And yeah, I was like, and then you guys have been talking about it. I'm like, well, just, I mean, how can it be good? It's about freaking a, ter- a character I could give a shit about in that in the Suicide Squad movie. And I was wrong. <laughs> I was completely wrong. All right. So it turns out James Gunn directed five of the eight episodes here. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know, but like. Blair, you were saying you did this all last Saturday? I watched like one episode before I went to bed on Friday night, and then I woke up Saturday morning and watched another one, and then throughout the day, I watched the other six. Yeah, see, I forgot that there were eight episodes, so I was watching like two of them a day, and I was like, yeah, this will get me through to Saturday. And then Thursday, I'm like, the fuck do you mean that's the last episode? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, I think I was on like imdb and it was credited for like 10 and i was like i don't remember there being 10 and then i was watching and i was at episode six i'm like i think this is like over soon i was like there's no way this is 10 yeah and like this is also my third time watching this and i always forget how short it actually is i like that though yeah like it's it's really good it doesn't stick around and like it doesn't over oh my god i can't think of the word doesn't overstay it's welcome that's what I wanted to say. And in a like, world of like Marvel shows where, I mean, some of some of them are OK, but they're clearly movies chopped up into TV shows. And this actually feels like a TV show. Like there's an overarching story. But then every episode is like, here's a setup of something. And here's where it ends. Like the first episode, yeah, your introduction. The second episode is like the escape from the apartment building. And then you have like later on, like they go to the factory where they have the nectar 
And like everything is like, okay, it's all building up to this conflict with these alien butterflies. But then you have character growth and it's not like one episode's 20 minutes long and then another one's like 40. It's like, no, 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 these are actual episodes. Yeah, no, you can really feel that. Like it it definitely felt like it wasn't, you know, recorded the way it was and meant to be a, a TV show and not a movie. So 100% there. Everybody gets a chance to breathe, which is what I really love about this show. By the time it's over, you know so much about all of the characters not just the main characters, but like all of the all of the major speaking parts, you know enough about to understand them as a character and everything they do in the show makes sense. It, like it, you could tell this was written during the pandemic because James Gunn had a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> well, one thing about the show that I, I want to bring up before we get into it is that like this show was only created because suicide was created, obviously. And that was only happened because they fucking was, was it alt right that got James Gunn fired from Disney? No. <sighs> yeah. It was just like, Stupid it's a, people. yeah. Cause it's, it's a whole thing. Cause I, I, I put in our chat, I was trying to quote, like, or paraphrase like Jeff Bridges at the end of Iron Man. It's like, it's, it's ironic. Tony tried to rid the world of weapons. You make the best one ever. And it's like all these people tried to like get rid of James Gunn. And essentially they made him the head of the competition. <laughs> and now at least in my eyes going forward. And I mean, none of these things have happened yet, but I'm like become a hardcore DC stand this year. Like I'm yeah. way more excited about DC projects for like the first time in a long time. And it feels really nice. It's not that like I stopped liking because I always have loved these characters, but now I'm just my interest in Marvel is like once the Guardians is over now, it's like I don't care until Deadpool. <laughs> like the rest of it's like, yeah, I'll see it, but I'm not excited about it. But I'm like, oh, I want to see Superman. Like, yeah, I'll watch a creature commandos cartoon. Like, what are these cats <laughs> up to? Like, so apparently politicians were targeting him is what it says in the article I found. But I can't find anything else. Like, I want to know. I'm curious if it was like, just you know, like who the fuck was like. I know they brought up old tweets, essentially. Uh-huh. Old oh, tweets yeah, that happened that... before he was hired for the first Guardians and he had yeah. already, like, apologized for. Yeah, like. It was, it was stupid. It was back when he was writing for Troma. And Troma films, if nothing else, are insane. Has anyone else seen Tromeo and Juliet? Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ending is wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I actually got to hang out with Lloyd Kaufman for a few hours back in the day. Like, and he's, you know, he heads up Troma Studios. And oh, cool. it was it was a really, you know, cool chat session. But, like, all of their stuff is so weird. And James Gunn was, like, the most Troma of trauma at that time. Like he was so out there and looking at his other work, like you can really tell he's just, he's written a lot of things that he's having a lot of fun with. I have a question. What? Yes. The fuck is trauma? Trauma is a uh, movie production company. Did you ever hear the toxic Avenger? Yes. It's like that style of film. Oh, okay. Like the weird, gross kind of, yeah, it, it yeah. is that style of film that's like, actually a like James Gunn's film. first. I, I think he I'm not sure if he was the director or the writer or both. I, I Romeo know, and Juliet. I know he wrote it. And it's basically like a modern take on Romeo and Juliet. But the, at the spoilers for that movie for anyone who cares. 
uh, was at the end Romeo and Juliet are like brother and sister and they still get together and have like incest mutant babies. <laughs> what the fuck? It's yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. And it, the narrator is Lemmy from Motorhead. I think it's been a while. Yep. Yep. Lemmy's okay. the narrator. Also, Sean Gunn, gentleman who plays Craglin, Calendar Man. He's in there. He plays one of the Capulets. It's just, it's a weird fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> and all trauma movies are weird fucking movies. And then out of there, you get James Gunn, who really kind of catapulted into the mainstream as a writer of the new Dawn of the Dead remake by, who was, that was directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah. And the Scooby-Doo films. And the Scooby-Doo films. There's some good films. All three of those films right there. Yeah. Like, Mike, you made a, a gagging sound. I'm not sure if that was you or your cat. It was me. Like that movie. I hated that movie when I saw it in theaters. But I'll watch it again someday for the show and see if it, my opinion has changed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at that time, like, I wasn't. I've never been that big of a Scooby-Doo fan. <clears throat> I used to watch, like, a pup named Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. And I just never saw those movies as at that time I was in graduating high school. And I was like, eh, I don't really need to see this. Like, I'm all about Spider-Man. But I know I watch Scott Nislander's videos and like he does deep, deep dives in the Scooby-Doo. So I think I have to find these somehow and rewatch them or watch them for the first time. Rather, I mean, the Scooby-Doo movies I like. I, I don't like the Dawn of the Dead remake. That's what I was bitching about. Oh, I thought that I liked it when it came out, but now I'm not sure. If subsequent times, I've kind of fallen off it. It's on net. It's on Netflix right now, and it's my favorite zombie movie of all time. I have it on DVD. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll make it happen. I have it on oh, Blu-ray. Do, do you? Do either of y'all have the special edition that has like the? It has like the story of the uh, gun guy from across the road, and he's like telling his own side of the story on like a DVD. Right? I think so, and I have like the extended edition because I know like they have a. A priest on television, like he really gets into the weeds on just like the 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 debauchery of man and stuff like that. And in the theatrical cut, it's very little, but this like he gets into everything. It's like pretty uncomfortable. (laughs) That's fine. That's Zack Snyder. Oh, and I found the thing that I was looking for. It was it was the alt right that started some guy named Mike Chernovich, who apparently was something to do with Pizzagate. That bullshit. So that's where that's where it comes from. So I was right. Then then yeah, I remember it that took me way too long to Google and find it, by the way, just now. Like good. That means it's Yeah, because it's a controversy that shouldn't have happened in the first place. So I agree, but I was like, I know what happens. I'm trying to read it. Like I wanna I wanna tell the story. And I couldn't and find it at first. And it's crazy to think about because like James Gunn, I've I've been watching like a bunch of posts, Guardians of the Galaxy three interviews. And like I, I follow his Twitter and he, he responds like a lot of fans who just post things. And he's got a record saying like like he was working alongside Kevin Feige. Like he got to see the Spider-Man script and add notes and all these other things. So had this not have happened, like I wonder if he would have been like a second in command or kind of groomed to be like Kevin Feige's replacement. I believe that. Yeah, I believe yeah. it too. <clears throat> because Guardian they fucked up. Yeah. Guardians 3 did so much better than like their last two movies. I, I 100% believe like they probably would have been like, yeah, go ahead and stay James Gunn. But, oh, well, now we live in a good universe where he runs DC Universe and he's keeping uh, Peacemaker and apparently Shazam alive. So Is he oh, keeping no Shazam? Shazam no, I thought Shazam's done in rings. He's uh, done. There's no way Shazam. They just, In my opinion, because since you brought it up, I want to say, I think all those characters are gone. 
Like, I know they said, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman can come back. Yeah, Ben Affleck. The only reason I think they said that is because they're in current movies. Nobody's coming back. I think he's going to record saying, like, well, like, if Shazam was successful, like, maybe we'll think about it. But Shazam has been, even though it was, in my opinion, better than Ant-Man, it was a financial disaster. Like, I saw it on the Thursday night screening, and I think there was, like, maybe five people. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's done with James Gunn confirmed that he is keeping Peacemaker for the Flash after the Flash reboot, the Flashpoint Paradox. And I thought that kind of leaned way into the after credit scene for Shazam, because in Shazam, the two characters from Peacemaker show up. So I thought that was kind of his way. That's also the fact that that was filmed, I think, so long ago that they just said, you know, it was already there. They didn't give a shit. Yeah, I probably believe that, too. Harcourt was in Black Adam, too. Uh, Yeah. And they were setting up stuff, but it's it's all done. Okay, then there goes my two cents. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not getting anything more from them. I I, I think once Flash comes out, you're going to get a press release. Oh yeah, Ezra Miller, we're we're going our separate ways. Bye bye, crazy. That's all. I think that's all done. I think all that's done as soon as they're just waiting for the Flash movie to come out. And I think that movie they spent too much money and they can't. They don't have a choice at this point. I believe that. Oh yeah. boy, like, I do want to see it. So. Uh, Thursday. I got my tickets. I am on the fence so hard on that one. I was, but I saw Supergirl, and I was like, yep, I'm in. Oh, yeah. That's what broke me. Whoever they got to play Supergirl sure can kick my teeth in any day of the week. <laughs> uh, but no, I, so yeah, I don't think, I mean, this I think will continue. Well, I mean, this will continue, they already said, but I think it's more of just because this was successful, too. Like, this is a really good show. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. No, the reason why I brought up the whole spiel that went on the racist thing is that this show really felt like a fuck you to racist. And it was amazing. And I was watching a YouTube video because I always like to kind of watch some review stuff before we talk before we talk, just so I can get an idea what some people think. And they're like, oh, they had to put the message. And you put it like three different times where you put like a white screen with a bunch of different like stuff on there. I'm like, oh, OK, you're kind of showing what you thought what you are, then, you know, <laughs> because this show. Yes, it's very, you know, very like you know, anti-racist stuff like that. It never felt like it didn't fit. It didn't feel like it was just there to be there to me. I mean, it's and that's because if you mentioned where it's because I was kind of when they announced the show, because I also saw the Suicide Squad and I, I want to like it more to my do. I, I do like it. I own it on 4K Blu-ray, but I was like, I don't need to see. I don't know if I want to watch a show about this character. Like he had a few funny moments, but then I you know, in watching discussions, people brought up but everyone in the Suicide Squad starts somewhere and ends up somewhere except for Peacemaker. Like he never gets his catharsis. And this show is him getting his like his boost because everyone Bloodsport kind of gets over his rat phobia and King Shark gets friends and Ratcatcher also kind of get Ratcatcher too. rather gets family. Harley Quinn shakes being in toxic relationships but like peacemaker like the last thing that happens is rick flag calls him a joke which he brings up here and i love that scene where he's just in his trailer doing his eye muscle exercises or whatever and that brings up a really interesting point like did anybody here not see suicide squad before they watched this no Because they do give you a last time in Peacemaker's life little recap at the beginning. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like if you haven't seen the movie, you're not going to get as much out of the show. Even like the first he has that he's sitting down with his dad eating chili 
And he's like, oh, my God, there was this guy in the team and he's like scared of rats. And there's someone who has rats and they're like laughing. And he's like, I hope that wasn't the guy that shot you. And then they both go quiet. And so you would not get that joke at all. Like if you hadn't seen Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. There's I don't know. Do we like want to run down the show? Yes, Ken, let's run down the show. Not like we've been gone for 20 minutes because Internet issues. Nothing like that happened. So <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No idea. Oh, fucking a. So, yeah, we can kind of break down the episode. Let me pull up my wikis back up because for some reason, when you restart your computer, all the wikis go away. Weird. What? No. <laughs> Man. What web browser are you using? Google Chrome. Well, you got to check the start where you left off box. That would probably work. This is going to this is going to sound weird, but imagine being the guy who didn't stay for like the after credit scene for for Suicide Squad and being like, oh, my God, Peacemaker is alive. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> yeah, funny. that's what I, I thought, I, too. Like, I was just so confused when I first heard that they announced that. I was like, what the hell? I, I did stay, but I forgot about it. Uh, Fair. Because <laughs> I what think I, Suicide Squad 2021. It was like August 2021. That's, that's a Man, this show was that quickly afterwards? Wow. Yeah, they were probably like, we're because I mean, the Suicide Squad was probably supposed to come out and it was probably just done and delayed. And he was probably like oh, waiting around okay. and was like, oh, yeah, like, why don't I just write a show about Peacemaker? And at the time before like DC got in hands of James Gunn, they were probably like, whatever, because <laughs> that's kind of what this universe has been like. I know. People love the Zack Snyder stuff, and I am coming around to some of it. But DC has had for years, it just had this like, do whatever you want. We'll see what works without any real type of plan or consistency. So when someone's like, I'm going to do a show about this guy that no one's ever heard of, like, whatever, like might work some of that Guardians magic again. You might have Peacemaker Christmas tree ornaments. I would buy one easily. (laughs) I got like three Peacemaker Funko Pops in my room. <laughs> I've seen a ton of them. I don't have any. And the only one I want now is Eagly. And even then, uh, that's to be dirt. It has to be dirt cheap. So I've got Eagly and Vigilante and Peacemaker. Vigilante, the movie. actor's coming to a convention near me. I oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I, I don't care enough. Plus, I don't think I'm in. I think I'm in Boston that week. So before we started recording, I if we're going to guess break down the episodes, we should break down the opening so the opening song, like, do you want to taste it by Wigwam? So before the show came out, that band was dropped by their label. Oh. <laughs> the fools. Yeah, they they dropped them. And then the show came out and then that the YouTube views and everything and the downloads on that song just skyrocketed. Like, <laughs> I believe it. So I take it they got signed somewhere else, huh? Uh, I'm not sure, but I mean, they probably got a lot of residuals or I don't know how music works nowadays. It's very confusing how I don't think money anybody works. does. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's also very confusing. But yeah, breaking the show down. We were going to do that, right? Yes. And then technical difficulties, lots of technical right. difficulties. And then my cats decided to start fighting each other, too. So is that what that was? Today. That's what that scream was that I tried to mute. <laughs> that might have not cut, muted it. That was going to be in the show, yes. One of my cats is trying to sleep, and he's in the other cat's bed, and the cat decided to get irritated and tried to hit him, and then he went right back to sleep. So, yeah. You know, they're both males, cats. That's why they're fighting. The females just go, I'll just go lay in one of the other, you know, hundreds of spots around this house that have pillows and stuff. I'll find somewhere else. Nope. we got to fight over the one bed. 
because we're males and we're stupid. Yep. <laughs> There's my rant. But no, the, the first episode just kind of like with it starting off, it, it does a good job of introducing you to the team of showing. Except there was one thing that kind of threw me off is like the janitors in the intro. But he's only in like two scenes of this whole of the series. I don't know why he's in the intro, but that's a that's a me problem. I mean, so is his neighbor or his dad's neighbor. Fair. But his dad's neighbor is also kind of important. So basically what this show does is it follows the adventures of Peacemaker, um, whose real name is Christopher Smith, as played by the transcendent John Cena. And basically it picks up after the events of the Suicide Squad, which left him shot in the throat. By an even smaller bullet. And it's been like, what, two years or so, they say? Sounds like a couple of months. Okay, I I can't remember. I know, yeah, it wasn't super long, but it was was some time had passed. Yeah, I think it's like six or eight months or something. It it can't be more than a year, because otherwise John Cena would have lost his sick gains being in a (laughs) hospital bed. It's TV, they don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And Ken had made a comment that I have to address earlier that he's like, or maybe Blair did, or maybe both of you, that how John Cena can act way better than The Rock. And you guys are right. Yes. So I just need well, to put that out there. John Cena and Batista. And oh. so and then and I mean, we're probably like always I mean, jumping around the place. So I had to look it up. So he's playing piano later on. And I was watching the camera movement and I was like, there's no trickery here. He's actually doing this. And I looked it up after. It's like, oh, yeah, no, John Cena, even with his giant wrestler sausage fingers, is a trained pianist. <laughs> oh, like that was all him. That's you know cool. what? That That's I had I, I have big baby fingers. So, you know what? Now I think I will learn how to play the piano. <laughs> like there's things on YouTube where he's like even practicing because you can see him like you know, with the with the mask on, because it was probably filmed during like COVID, COVID times. But yeah, but there's oh, yeah. it's not like the camera. It shows him in frame playing. It's not like it's cutting away from his hands, like his hands and his person are in there at the same time. Like in just the way that like the kind of like with the first episode, like the way it starts off introducing these characters, like he comes off as a as an asshole pretty quickly but then like and it does a good job like, and hardcore comes off as like super intense and i which is also james gunn's wife which i find funny because she's in everything that he does well, now lately became his wife okay they weren't oh, yeah, they, weren't. That was oh they just got married last year didn't they recent thing yeah and it's not like That's it's not. a sherry moon zombie thing where she's like the main character she's like a background character in like guardians 3 it's not like she's the main villain or anything what do you mean like uh yeah, she's She's good, too. So, like, I yeah. really liked her in this. Like, your one of your first introduction to her is some guy trying to hit on her, and she just breaks his fucking arm or something like that. I think she like, punches him. He deserved it, though. Like, yeah. you just, you know, yeah. hitting on some girl, and you get pissed because she rejects you, so you get your friend to go beat her up. Like, what the fuck? Come on, man. Like, just, just walk away and go buy someone else a beer, or just buy yourself a beer and just... Oh, yeah, there's porn. Like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> That's how I thought in this. But it's a great introduction to her and showing that she is a badass and that she can handle herself. And it and again, everything pays off. I, I want I haven't said that yet, but everything I felt like everything really pays off in this show. But it's it's James Gunn's staple. And why I think I will probably go on record as saying that he is my favorite filmmaker. And it's because okay. his stories are about losers and outcasts finding and becoming heroes like that's what guardians is that's what super is that's what the suicide squad is that's what this is like i like peacemaker is 
like a jerk. But even my episode two, it shows him just like where he breaks down when he's like, I don't have any friends and you're an asshole who pushes everyone away. Like he just he wants to have friends and be loved, but he just won't let himself because he doesn't think he deserves it. And it's not enough that this show tells you that they also give you a reason for it. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like I never expected there to be a reason. And it was just like, well, he's just an asshole that happens. But no, like most people, there is some very deep trauma that was not dealt with at any point during his life. And this show is him accepting that and dealing with that. And more so than like James Gunn's movies are about, you know, finding the people that, you know, you want around you and becoming heroes. It's there's a strong family tie through everything he does. Even in Dawn of the dead, like you can look at that and say, Ken, you're insane, but no, all those shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting there. I believe survivors in a mall in the mall eventually start working together and they're legitimately upset when they start dying toward the end. Yeah, like, like the, the the security cop who is just the worst, like he eventually like comes around and he does the heroic sacrifice. Yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> so like and he's also a man of steel. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't even want to go there because we can play we'll cover us with James Gunn actors at all <laughs> yeah. for all night, really, during the uh, technical issues segment of our show. <laughs> like, uh, we were <laughs> we were talking about uh, Brightburn, the dark Superman story, which was produced by James Gunn. And, you know, the woman that plays Harcourt is in that. The one who plays Economos is in that. Like, oh, there's a CBG. lot of. Yeah, I like Elizabeth, him. Elizabeth Banks, who was in Slither. And I can't remember. Didn't oh, she Power Rangers? Power Ranger reboot? Yes, she was Rita Repulsant. She munched on scenery. It was great. Oh, yeah, no, she did a good job in that. I love that Um, movie. I can't remember the name of the actor. He's he's Peter Quill's dad in Guardians, and he's the mayor in Slither. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's Uh, one of those actors where it's like, you see his face, and you're like, oh, it's that guy. No, it's not Rooker. It's Greg Henry. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was... Like his uncle or something that he played, Clark Henry. I thought that was like his mom's brother or something in Guardians, but whatever. No, it was, uh, <laughs> I got it was Meredith's dad. It was his grandfather. Oh, okay. Wow, looked <laughs> young in that one. Anyway, like James Gunn likes to use a lot of the same people, and you can really tell because he gets the best out of everybody he works with. He yeah. just does. Yeah, no, he really does. I agree with that, too. And it's one of the newcomers who I love is Vigilante. He's played by Freddie Stroma and going back to like kind of his family. So before he hired Freddie Stroma, he was in one of the pitch perfects, which was directed by Elizabeth Banks. Mm -hmm. So he called up Elizabeth Banks and did an asshole test. They're like, okay, we think this guy's perfect. It's like, but how is he as a person? She's like, no, 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 he's great. Like you're going to love him, cast him. So it's not like hopefully down the years, you're not going to find out if Freddie Stroma is like a monster or anything. Like he did the homework before getting this guy. That's cool. So there, there's a weird thing about Vigilante that I want to talk about that uh, I want I brought up earlier. There's one thing I don't like about him, but I do. Uh, and I have a weird like throw off question. Have you all seen Black Adam? I have. Yes. 
No. So, okay. well, it, it, a general thing, Deadpool ruined a bunch of movies because you always have these people writing new characters where they try to do like a one-up of Deadpool where they introduce a character wearing a mask and he's goofy. Black Adam doesn't do it so well with one of the characters they introduced. And whenever Vigilante shows up, showed up, I didn't actually like him at first because that's what I thought it was going to be. It was just another guy who has his face covered like Deadpool who makes jokes and he's kind of a loser kind of thing. But like throughout the series, he's actually like he grows on you and he's probably like one of the best characters of the whole show. Yes, even like he like in in episode two. uh, Well, (laughs) well, the first episode, actually, Peacemaker you know, he gets out of prison. What he wants to do is what everyone who would want to do when they got out of prison for four years. I guess if you're of the heterosexual variety. So I, I can't speak for everyone, of course. He wants to get laid and then he does. But it turns out that this person could possibly turn him into a dick vampire. Yeah. <laughs> favorite. By Am the I way, turn to a dick vampire. Think, thanks for the heads up for the gratuitous nudity, you guys. Fucking fucking slap me across the fucking face with that shit oh have you ever seen train wreck with amy schumer no oh if you want to see john cena like you see john cena i do like <laughs> i do like seeing john cena like that so i might have to <laughs> oh yeah but no I, I didn't even think to warn you that there was nudity or anything but like, yeah there was a oh yeah there was a, i'm like oh okay did not see that coming so. oh god amy schumer though you really <laughs> want to put yourself through that the price i'm willing to pay <laughs> i'm assuming it's online somewhere probably, probably. yeah everything's online somewhere <laughs> to be fair much of nintendo tries to act like it isn't everything is so. <laughs> but no i mean it, it like the whole idea like i was just i mean i was i started laughing during that first episode where he goes home with her he's sleeping with her and then he's singing to her vibrator and i was just laughing my ass off and then all of a sudden she comes out with a knife to try to kill him i'm like okay i didn't see this coming <laughs> It's so fucking gross, too. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off hard. That was hilarious. Uh, but no, it was just, it was good. And then, like, you finally get later on. He's like, yeah, I kind of brought the files in and she was reading the files. And it turns out that she's a butterfly, which they don't tell you for, like, what, three or four episodes what a butterfly is? Yeah, it's episode three. three. And that's the thing. It's like they keep, and when I think it, it almost implies, it's like reading a good comic where every issue is entertaining but it also has something that threads everything through. Like, I kind of liken it to I'm I'm I really like Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man, where Dan Slott always has a big overarching story. But every issue also matters where like a lot of comics are bad ones. There is something that happens, but you don't care in the meantime. You just like just get to the point. But this like I want to know about the butterflies. And but I also care about like the second episode because I, I mean, he the girl attacks him and then he uses one of his helmets and basically blows her up. So he's now implicated for this murder. It's just him trying to get out of an apartment building and you're totally invested in him getting out of the apartment building. And I was like, I also want him to get the records that he took. Like, I just want him to have nice things. (laughs) That was funny. Everything with that was fucking hilarious. You know what, what he finds and doesn't really go anywhere is, or like later on in the series, except for like maybe one part, he he finds this weird like alien remote control, and then it turns into a spaceship, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And then like it just disappears. Like he never brings it in he, and asks them. He shows oh, yeah, it he, to them he, once. He, he shows them because he's like, "Oh man, I, I don't I don't dig homunculus. Like I hate small um, like creatures." And someone brings up Batmite, and he's like, "What's Batmite?" 
so Batmite. Ex- <laughs> oh, I just would love to see a Batmite in this universe that stands Ben Affleck's Batman. I just want to see that so bad. Only if we get Matt Damon to play Batmite. Oh, that would. Be oh, great. that'd be fucking hilarious. I mean, I can see it happening, but yeah, I don't see Ben Affleck won't be Batman anymore. So no, see, no. Then, I'm pretty then, sure that's then, done. Then now we have what is it? You have the new Batman, which is Robert Patterson, and you have Taylor Lautner play Batmite, which will be even more funnier. <laughs> oh, okay. Only if we get Kristen Stewart to play uh, Poison Ivy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're not gonna. I mean, well, yeah, they're gonna be done with. I I don't think there's any way Ben Affleck comes after the Flash is done. Yeah, they're gone. He's done. I don't think he's going to be in that movie for more than like five minutes. Is my prediction. He already said that. <laughs> okay. Oh, he did. He's oh. like, it's the best Batman I've ever done, but also I'm only in the movie for five minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just to tell by the trailer. I'm like, yeah, he's like, he's enemy. I know Wonder Woman's in it only because I have a Funko pop of her from that movie. So I know she's in it, but I bet it's not long either. But yeah, but no, like, yeah, I forgot about that. Like I saw it, but then it, cause I, I watched, the, I was trying to watch about one a day for about a week. And then I watched a couple of I, then I missed a few days and I had to catch back up and finish it. But like, I forgot a lot of the early stuff, but like, I completely forgot about the ship that you just mentioned until when it shows up in the very end, like a bunch of those ships do because little, they're all butterfly aliens that are inhabiting people, which is cool. Like, and then the whole team we were talking about a little bit, you have the only person that's new is I forgot what the hell is her name. The, the, the black woman from orange and new black at a Yes. at a bio at a bio. I really like her in this. I haven't seen her in anything but Orange and New Black. I'm like, she works. She did a great job in this. Yeah, Daniel I Brooks. I did her in anything, is, uh, period. I, I never saw Orange is the New Black. You don't so need Nor did I. You don't need to. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I got tired of it. But, that. So, yeah, she was phenomenal in this <laughs> show. And the fact that she's supposed, like, you don't find it out till late in the show that, maybe it's not that late, but you find out that she's Amanda Waller's daughter, which is also cool, too. I think it's the end of the first, first episode. episode. Oh, yeah. that early? Yeah. See, I know I should have rewatched some of the show before we did this recording if I ran out of time. Yeah, as they have like Angela Bassett just in her apartment. No, (laughs) Angela Bassett. Jeez, that's me being a racist. Oh, my God. Viola Davis. Thank you. (laughs) Angela Bassett, that's Black Panther, right? Mission Impossible. But yes, also Black Panther. Uh, She was uh, Black Panther's mother, right? Yeah. uh, Okay, she's a great actress. Yeah, she was really great in uh, Fallout, uh, Mission Impossible 6 Fallout, starring I haven't seen Henry Cavill. Yet. I was supposed to go see that in theaters with my girlfriend at the time, but then I chose not to and went bowling instead. We should cover all the Mission Impossible movies. Same. I've talked about it. Okay. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> and just do them all at once. One episode. All six movies. <laughs> just nonstop talking for, what, 20 hours? That'd be so exhausted. All right. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> What, what mic drop? I unplugged myself. That's him falling down the stairs, which is I pr- predicted earlier. When <laughs> <laughs> this, this recording has been nothing but ah, it's fine. <laughs> We're doing it live. It's the show, so and you know it works out because unfortunately, once Peacemaker gets out of the hospital, he has nothing but problems. He has to deal with his racist father. He has to deal with an entirely new team that he doesn't trust and they don't trust him. He has to deal with an alien invasion and he has to deal with being murdered, like being wanted for murder and broke. Yeah. And broke. (laughs) Is his dad like, did they like, is that in the comics normally? Or is it just for the show where his dad's like a huge racist supervillain? White Dragon is a character from the comics. Yes. Yes. His his costume is actually comic accurate, surprisingly. I mean, he is a key, but I think I don't I'm assuming Peacemaker like had nothing to do with him because I'm pretty sure Peacemaker was a nobody character until. Yeah, I mean, the character dates back to like, I think it was one of the characters like DC just obtained 
Yeah, this was one of the ones that came from uh, Charlton Comics, uh, yeah. which we brought up in our Watchmen episode because Peacemaker was one of the people that directly inspired the comedian. Oh, okay. The original, not this Peacemaker. Yeah. Although now I want to see John Cena play the comedian in a Watchmen movie. I'd watch that. I think it would be great. But I, yes, yeah, so I'm assuming it's not. But oh man, I was when I found out that White Dragon was a real racist villain that they did, they did have in the 80s. I'm like. Okay, that's awesome. Like, who is that? They, his father bad in this. Like, who that guy's a piece of shit. Oh, God. Robert Patrick is so good at being an asshole. Uh-huh. He's a yeah. great actor in this. Like, And just all the lead up to Peacemaker and everything it leads on. Like, when you finally find out why he became Peacemaker, why he took the vow, why he's doing what he's like. Everything all makes sense. And it all, it all comes back to his father's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. for, I mean, that's what it is. Apparently, uh, Peter Staffren referred to... Uh, Augie Smith as Archie Bunker on steroids, which <laughs> makes perfect sense. That's fair. I also uh, think it's really funny that his dad makes all his equipment, and it's kind of like, a, how is your dad this fucking smart on, like, Batman-esque level of making equipment? Yeah, he has an extra-dimensional closet. Mm-hmm. Which is never explained. That doesn't have it. to be. It, yeah, it does, it's I not important. <laughs> I, I do like that it has the same kind of coming into existence like effect as blood sports weapons from the suicide squad movie though. Oh, because okay. you know, he pulls blood sports supposedly pulls all of his weapons out of an extra dimensional storage area. So oh, I, I kind of hope re- that remember that that goes through like comic book wise. He, pulls Oh, okay. Out of, and the way the weapons kind of all work together, you can almost see it in suicide squad. Did you guys ever cover Suicide Squad on the show? Neither. That's a damn shame. I mean, you don't need to do the first one, but I'll do this. <laughs> What's wrong with the first one? Okay. I'll do the first one. I actually enjoy that. I like both of them. All right. I found two suckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I found three suckers. But yeah, I'll, I'll gladly do both of them because, yeah, I, why not? So, yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. But what is it? I, I do think it's funny. I think we we... we Ran past it earlier, how you're introduced to Vigilante as some dude who's just a busboy at the restaurant they're eating at, and Peacemaker walks in full costume like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just the best. Yeah. <laughs> and Vigilante I, I, is such a deranged character in this, too. Oh my so, god. I love uh. about Peacemaker, because I just love, like, someone brought up when, when James Gunn eventually, when Superman does come out, he's like, I just want in the universe for people to be in costume and for them to be called by their code names because like in the MCU, no one's like Iron Man do this. It's just Tony, Steve, Peter, because they're all just friends. So like, you know, to see him just come in in his costume, it's like, yeah, that's like (laughs) something would happen in a comic book. Like that is fair. Uh, it worked well. Like just it's fucking it's fucking hilarious. Like just everything with them, like the way that they interact with each other. Uh, finding when you first see the eagle, like I thought Eagly would be dumb as hell, and Eagly was fucking awesome. Fucking oh, love I knew that Eagly was going to be amazing from the opening. Oh yeah, like you know we haven't talked about the opening. We've made allusions to it, but we haven't really talked about how it might be the best opening ever it's made. It's what got me to watch the show. It also has a spoiler and a theory. Oh. So originally, it could be one, bunnies? 
yeah, originally, whenever the show came out and it's revealed that the butterflies take over people, people had a strong theory that the show was going to end where everyone got taken over by butterflies. And that's why everyone's doing the dance in the opening, because they're all mind controlled. Oh, that's an okay. interesting idea. Huh. I mean, it didn't work out that way. But. It didn't. No. But, yeah, uh, I was, I because uh, when the Suicide Squad came out, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch a Peacemaker show. And then it, it came out and like Mike everyone was talking about how good it was. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then I was just on YouTube one day and the video showed, it was like peacemaker opening. And I was like, what is this? And I turned it on and I was like, Oh no, I'm subscribing right now. watching this. I have to see the show that goes with this and immediately hooked all thanks to the opening. <laughs> also, how did you watch this in Canada? It's on <laughs> crave. Okay. But I was like, I know you don't get HBO max or sorry, max now. Yeah, yeah, it's Max now. God damn it. We Boy, I had to freaking delete the channel from my Roku, re-download the channel, log back in. I get a text from my dad. Be like, oh, I can't get into it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, here's the information. Log back in. <laughs> so. We have a service called Crave here, and it gets some HBO programming, and Peacemaker was one of the shows that they got. Like That's how we, I watched The Last of Us here. This is how I'm watching Clone High now. Well, that's good, since I know you're not your, your country's not special enough. Whoa. We're not starting an international Max. incident today. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm insulting HBO Max more than I'm insulting Canada. HBO Max yeah, I is, fucking is, hate HBO Max, goddammit. So, I'm not a fan. $15 a month, my ass. Oh, they're all going up that slowly. So just yeah. Disney Plus just keeps cranking up every every few months. I'll throw another dollar on there. You won't notice. <laughs> yeah, like Netflix is begging me to come back. And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I get I get Netflix for free, so I'm not worried about it. The the opening also has a transition where Peacemaker shoots the camera and it pans over to his dad, alluding that he will eventually shoot him in the fucking face. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you know what? You're right. It does. <laughs> that's when you get Robert Patrick dancing with the blinkers on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll be damned. And it's a cool way to put it in the intro. It came from a place where James Gunn, like I saw in interviews, he's like, shows don't have intros anymore. Like, you know, when shows in the 90s, like you think of like the Buffy theme and Simpsons and Friends and they have these iconic songs, then they became earworms that were in your head, like the great American hero, like believe it or not, I'm walking on air and stuff like that. And he was like, I want to bring back the don't skip the intro button. And yep. so far, the only shows that I don't skip the intro on are this and Clone High. <laughs> Because I didn't skip, I always skip intro, but I did not skip the intro on this. Man, that new opening to Clone High is really good. It throws me off, though, because I just know the old lyrics. And <laughs> like, I think it's pretty early on. Like, you have, I mean, after he kills the woman that we talked about, you have his father gets arrested and blamed for the murder because they put his, <laughs> they, they switched the fingerprints over and, and why he chose him, I don't know. But that was kind of funny. Kind of a motherfucker. <laughs> it was easier because he yeah. was a piece of shit. It's like, we just want him off the board. Yeah, if that was his plan. But, but putting mean, him in jail probably wasn't the best thing either, because I mean, soon, I was like, as soon as he gets in prison, all of a sudden he has all these buddies. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, oh, OK. That's when you start really seeing how much of a racist he is. <laughs> Ooh, dude, they do not hold hard on that. Like they're like, racists are a piece of shit. And we want you to know that. So uh, one question I have, do you think the show get banned in Florida in the next couple of years or not? Huh? huh? Nobody? Okay. Mm. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I feel like everything's going to be banned in Florida. It's going to be the new California. Ooh, low blow. But, but the trick, the fun thing will be not everything 
will cause cancer in Florida like it does in California, but Florida is itself the cancer. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> At me, internet. I don't care. Fuck Florida. <laughs> Florida sucks. <laughs> By the way, really, the third episode is what really got me. That's when all shit hits the fan. That's when they finally go on that murder. The, the I think I think that's the assassination mission when they're heading to go kill the senator. That's a yes. butterfly, and you don't really, yeah. um, you still don't know what a butterfly is yet. It's like I brought it up in our chat. It's like you know, I found a starro and it was a giant starfish. I'm gonna fight a butterfly. Oh my god, is my, am I fighting a Mothra? It's like am I gonna <laughs> oh. get a jetpack? That was. Funny. I'm gonna need a jetpack. I'm gonna fight a Mothra. Like oh my god, I just lost my mind laughing. I did not expect it to be literally butterfly aliens that are going inside people like Yerks. I was not expecting that. By the way, we, we you get to it later, but the way they like inhabit people looks fucking terrifying and painful. Yeah, assuming you're dead too when they go inside you. Yes, from they, the sound they, of it, like you're done. They basically what it looks like is they dig into your brain from like your mouth, which basically just cuts your brain off from its uh, spine. So yeah, you're basically <laughs> fucking dead. Well, when they have that scene with the mass infection and oh, like that's God. yeah, that bothered me. That's a horror movie right there. Yes, that that was intense. I was like, oh, but then that raises that raises a better, bigger question. Can't you just keep your fucking mouth closed? Well, as was pointed out in a PowerPoint, it's possible they can go in any hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't your stomach acid destroy them while they're climbing up? No, they, they could go up your ass and go through your spine. Oh, good point. OK, never mind. Yeah. That would fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah. At least the mouth, you're probably dead pretty quick, I guess. If you're cutting the final cord, you're you're done. Well, the the thing is too is that they need to keep some form of your body intact too. But I'm not sure how much of it there was. Since you brought it up, the, at one scene during that, when there's the one cop behind the glass that you know was working with them, who was their inside guy, I would have fucking shot myself the second I saw the swarm outside that Ooh. window. I'd be like, okay, we're done. Bye. Like time to go. I'm checking out. I, so uh, I'd also I think... be the guy in a zombie movie that you'd give me the gun and I would just be gone. Like bye. Ah, fuck fair. this shit. I do not know how to self terminate. <laughs> I, I like, like pain, but if there's something that's going to eat me on the other side of a of a door, and there's and I have a wall next to me, yeah, we're we're checking out. So, uh, so it, it's I am legend ending for you. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I ain't sticking <laughs> around. We're making a quick and pay- we're going out. What, I'm not getting eaten. What's even greater about that whole like line of segment is if so they. You, throughout the episode, you get to where the detectives are investigating the murder of this of the person who Peacemaker kills in the beginning of the first episode, and they end up arresting Peacemaker's dad. If she had just listened and like left it the fuck alone, none of that would have happened. Because they there's several times where several people are like, maybe we should just let this huge, horrible racist take the fall for you know, peacemaker killing someone because who at the end of the day, who's really going to give a shit? And of course you have the whole, no, well, we have to, you know, do justice right and all that. And that's what causes, you know, them chasing peacemaker and vigilante. And he falls on his ass while carrying a bug in a jar. And it's strapped to his back. <laughs> strapped to his back. Yeah. And right before this, the bug is drawing a peace sign <laughs> on the jar. And, and I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but like at the end of it, I, I, it could have went either way, and that's what I oh I just dearly love this program so much. And like when you get to like Vigilante's introduction in the second episode, I think that, is it second where he he basically gets home and he's like that's where he has his breakdown. He's crying and he's just like no one likes you and like he 
pushing people away and then vigilante shows up and he's like why why is your face leaking or whatever he's like no i'm doing face muscle exercises and oh yeah the that's whole bit about louis ck is just like one of my favorite things in tv in recent memory like since we're talking kind of about vigilante i think now's really the best time to say that he really is the mvp of this show in my opinion that's fair uh, yeah. Second only to Mern. Mern was good. Mern's fucking amazing. Like, I've never seen that actor in anything, but he, now I just want to seek him out. He was mostly in stage. Oh, I mean, fantastic. I think because I watched the because I once stuff started disappearing from streaming services and I found out this was on Blu-ray. I immediately ordered it. And then immediately watch it again once the Blu-ray came in and I watched some of the behind the scenes stuff. I'm going to try his name, Chiwudi Iwuji. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered it. I do apologize as you're an incredible actor. And he got cast in this and then he became the High Evolutionary in Guardians. And he's really good in that, too. Like, utterly despicable. I mean, but a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to really try that hard given the subject material of that movie to come off as villainous, but he does it really well. <laughs> hmm. yeah. I should go um, see Guardians 3. Oh, you it's should. It's it. so good. As a guy who shitted on Guardians Volume 2, fucking 3 was amazing. Well, that doesn't make me trust your opinion, Mike, because 2 is better than you say it is. Yeah, it's better than the first. <laughs> I don't like Guardians 2 either, Mike, but that's because I also have parental issues. Thank you, Joseph, for not liking the movie. I didn't like it. Thank you. But no, I just really don't like the movie. No, I, I think three is great. Go watch it. Okay. Three does the right mix of humor and violence like this does and makes it work. Yeah. Where like this show did so well is it mixed all that and it works so great. Like all the characters. I mean, Mern was great. And then later on, you find out that Mern's a butterfly. I, mean, I thought that was a good way they did that. Jeez. What's the common thread among both of those movies being good? James Gunn. James Gunn. Oh, yeah. Well, again, that's why I really think that, like, with Guardians 2, he didn't have as much power in it. Like, I think the studios got involved too much. I see. I don't think that's the case at all. I just don't think that the story he wrote is something that you don't like. Because he had, I think that's what I love about the Guardians section of the MCU, is that the first one, he came out and said that, the thing he invented for the Infinity Stones is they eventually essentially invented the lore for it. He's like, yeah, I did that like an hour one day. Like, I just wrote down a bunch of crap, threw it on. They're just like, yeah, that's fine. Because they introduced like, like Thanos really has his first lines in that and it seems to set up everything. But everything that the Guardians are doing is so divorced from what's happening. Like in Guardians 3, there's none of this Kang nonsense, nothing about incursions or the multiverse. It's just a story about these characters. Don't worry, and Peacemaker no anyway. is presumably in the Zack Snyder universe as seen at the end, but nothing from that has anything to do with it. It's just a story about these people, and that's why this works and Guardians work. It's because ultimately it's James Gunn in his own corner doing things his way, and that's how you get good cinema. Not like, I hate to crap on Ant-Man 4, or Ant-Man 3, rather. Because that feels like a product. It's like we're doing this story. Like I don't associate Kang with the character of Ant-Man. <laughs> but Nobody it's like, does. We, we have to put him in somewhere and we have to do this story and it doesn't work. And it, it's so lifeless and plastic. And Guardians 3 is like the main character 
is a CG raccoon that made me cry multiple, multiple times. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, uh, boy. That movie was absolutely astounding, and I actually wouldn't mind seeing it a second time. Man, I've been trying to, but movies are so expensive, and I just bought, like, Spider-Verse tickets and Flash tickets, and... Oh, I gotta buy my Spider-Verse tickets. re back in, into, the mo- into the show, though, my favorite scene from, I think it's, like, the second episode, is you have them scoping out the Sanders house, and, uh, you have Peacemaker and him having a weird voodoo thing where he's like, I can't kill people without the dub of peace on the gun. And you kind of show kind of how less of a sociopath he's coming because you see like these people who are obviously taken over by aliens and he doesn't want to kill kids because he said that he did that in the past. And then he ended up getting probably, I think, what does he say? Like the coolest guys he knew killed. So he's starting to have like a more human moment. And then you see Vigilante being the absolute psychopath that he is. And just take out all three family members. Like takes all it, three of the four, and then Judo Master kicks him in the face. Yeah, completely forgot about Judo Master. I oh, don't like Judo Master in this. I, I love, love him in this. Judo Master. <laughs> don't like him at all. <laughs> he irritated me. He was annoying. I was like, just kill him already and get it over with. He is the best. He 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 goes and jumps two guys, and when the other guy looks at him, he does a little dance because he called him a leprechaun, and then he fucking. <laughs> Donkey kicks him in the fucking chest. I love judo, man. Okay, I mean, there was some funny shit with him, but I don't know. He just annoyed me. <laughs> I don't know why. Just He just did. Are, are you mad that he's just a guy who knows judo and that's all his stick is? I don't know. I just didn't like it. But that part, like, in, when they're in, after they get captured by Goff, the, the center they're supposed to kill, and they, they kill the, the the kids that are controlled by the, by the butterflies. Like, that whole scene where he starts electrocuting Vigilante and then starts cutting off his toe, I was like, I do not like this. Oh, it bothered me. I don't like stuff like that at all. But I mean, it's really a turning point for the show because it really was after all that when I started to really get on board with this show and started to go, OK, I see why you guys like this so much. And just like the quiet moment, because like him and Harcourt are kind of like he's a sniper and she's a spotter. And she kind of talks to him at the start. and He's like, just even though you're handsome, you're still a piece of shit. And you see him. They kind of like, oh, well, we're here. Like, why are you in this? Like, how did you get here? And he kind of alludes to things, but doesn't go deep into the reasoning. And that's a part so great. (laughs) Because you don't find out that he killed his brother till way later in the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, it wasn't even his fault. His dad is a fucking piece of shit and had his brothers fighting and a bunch of Nazis gambling on it. So it's like Arrested Development where they had the boy fight DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) Never seen that show. I haven't either, but it sounds funny. You should. Yeah. Oh, so good. I want to. I know Michael Sarah's in it, so I'm interested, but I've never seen Michael. it. Michael. Michael Sarah is not the reason to watch that movie. Yeah. Trust me, there are so many better reasons to watch that movie. I can believe that because he's not a great actor. He's just in a great movie. So. They're so great. So great movies. <laughs> okay. Well, one day I'll give him sh- give that show a shot. I know it's on Netflix, or it was on Netflix. It is for a while now. Okay. Yeah. And Netflix, thankfully, isn't doing what Disney Plus and Max are doing. Like, hey, we made this now. Get rid of it because they we're not. Making they, they can't afford to get rid of anything. <laughs> they, <laughs> they got rid of Hemlock Grove, which they produced. Yeah. And they got rid of a few other stuff they produced. But the rest of development was on the block for the end of March. And there was such an outcry that they were well, they walked it back real quick. They're just going to turn people back to sailing again. They really are. Like, I don't sail anymore. I'm not, not like you people like I fucking mess streamer services. <laughs> Stop it. There, there is one issue I have with the show. Can I talk about that? Sure, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very small, but it's not that bad. Um, I don't like the forced 
arguing. I'm going to butcher her name again, so I'm going to say between Waller's daughter and her wife, I think it's really stupid because it's like, look, your wife has a job. You guys were basically poor, and this is a way for y'all to get some money. If she says it's not a good idea to work for the government, y'all be living together, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's fine. I understand that. You know, you're, you're doing something super secret for the government, and you're worried about my safety. That's fine. And then talking about, like, arguing and being like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. And I get the whole deal that, you know, it's because her mom's fucked up. But I just think it's like force fighting, and it's not needed. I can, I can understand that. It's such a minor part, though, because they, they could have, if it was a stereotypical thing, they would have pulled the, oh, she went back to the apartment to go apologize, and then one of the aliens was there, and then the butterflies got her, and like, oh, we have your partner, and if you don't show up here, but it's she's largely out of the show, despite being in the opening. Well, that's like, same with the neighbor, same with the janitor, they're just in the opening just because. I think the janitor has more screen time. Oh, he's just in the he's in the first episode and then he's in one other part when they go to the when he when he has Peacemaker go to the school for show and tell. <laughs> worst, worst idea ever, by the way, <laughs> to bring that motherfucker to a school. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Gender swatch killer. Pretty new, what what are the the jokes he keeps saying, which is like just like, which I 100 percent believe, too. I totally believe if superheroes were real, you could go to 4chan and be like, oh, yes, Superman totally has a poop fetish. And yeah, Aquaman does fuck fish. Like, I completely believe you That's find that shit. <laughs> what was the one with Green Arrow? Oh, he goes to Brony conventions and he always does the back half. I yeah. completely. I completely believe that. And, it, and everyone was just like, oh, no, that is a th- that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how they insult so many DC heroes in this. Like, that was funny. There, there's yeah, a, I mean, after years and years of everyone, just the DC universe, just like we have to take this so seriously just to have like him being like, oh, Aquaman fucks fish. You saying Peppy the Frog on Twitter? Like, <laughs> what is it? What is it to the uh I'll never go out to dinner again with Matter Eater Lad because that motherfucker just eats everything. <laughs> what was it? He started eating the table because the food wouldn't get there on time. I don't remember this joke. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I do. I... It was a conversation between him and Mern. I mean, even the Mern stuff pays off where he's like, that guy's a killer. I know who that guy is. And then you find out later on the butterfly. He's like, yeah, I took over this guy because he's a terrible. He was a terrible person. Like, you know, everything pays off. All the dye beard jokes they make throughout for tons of this ep- tons of the show that all pay off in the final episode man oh, that, that part with steve ag at the end oh, oh man good. that is so it's emotional it, it yeah. hurt it hurt it like you know, it was just really like damn with this show like i was just fucking impressed like i mean early on i think it, when they go raid a, they raid a plant or like a, a bottling plant and you know they're fighting. You know, you go in there, he brings the extra because he gets the X-ray helmet. And you're like, okay, why is he getting an X-ray helmet? And all of a sudden, he's like, yep, and he starts gunning everybody down because they're all butterflies. <laughs> and holy god, like James Gunn's splatter roots immediately come roaring yeah. back into the picture. Jeez, <laughs> this is some Punisher Wars on level of violence. Yeah. <laughs> and were they playing a song too during that whole scene? I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's one thing the show did a lot of of just inserting of inserting music, and it worked. Because I, I love when shows and stuff just have, like, you know, songs playing while shit is happening like that. And it's not just any song like, you know, like the Super Mario Brothers movie came out in April and it just has pop songs because. But James Gunn knows how to pick songs that fit certain that fits the scenes that he's writing. Like I brought up the um, 
when vigilante shows up and he's like oh i got a bunch of appliances set up and then you just have this montage of them just like shooting <laughs> like appliances in the woods with like bows and arrows and bombs and they're playing a metal cover of a one direction song and it's <laughs> just absolutely slaps like all of the songs in this show are just just great yeah <clears throat> I, uh, and in real life, James Gunn and all those actors have an 11 Street Kids group chat. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. But like when Peacemaker's having his breakdown and Don't Treat Me Bad by Firehouse comes on, like that's just, it's the perfect song to just realize you're a piece of shit to. <laughs> that's fair. Now that, uh, that really good one, the one that's that's playing. Also, you know, if if anyone actually does like the music, it's very easily just to Google what are the songs playing in Peacemaker, and there's like three or four websites that are like, oh yeah, if you're on this scene, this is the song that's playing. He mm. has a playlist up too. I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify. That's, yeah, but uh, that song that plays whenever him and uh, Hardcore are talking and they're like doing the whole sniper thing. That's probably my favorite song in like the whole show. And I think they play like piano riffs of it throughout the rest of the show too whenever he's like feeling like sad and mopey like when they fight that gorilla too like in that bottling plant and they freaking and echino kills him with a freaking chainsaw <laughs> that was great all i could think it was gorilla grod when i saw the gorilla i know it's not grod but that's what went to my that's what came to my head and it's uh, funny that's not random either there's like there's a news report in the background somewhere whether he's at the apartment or at the bar where it says gorilla escapes from zoo yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and so it's and also like there is a long-standing thing with DC about just having gorillas. It was like something in like the 30s. I I don't even know. I'm my knowledge is not great. I know they brought up in a red letter media thing where they had issues that sold well because gorillas were on the cover, and then gorillas became like a thing throughout DC history. Okay, Jesus. In the Flash TV show, Gorilla Grodd goes back in time to kill Barack Obama. Oh, that in makes Star- sense. In Stargirl, Ultra Humanites in it. <laughs> what the fuck? I know who that is. <sighs> okay. I don't know. This is a cool scene with the fucking gorilla. Every, I mean, there were just so many good scenes throughout this show. And I'm just kind of looking up different episodes of season and stuff I want to bring up. And it was just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get over how much the show grabbed me. Like, I'm going to get my wife to watch this because, like, I, is it just so fucking funny and so good? And like when finally when his father like eventually his father gets out of prison and you have the whole scene of him hunting down or his father hunting him down and all that all that stuff is great too with how much of it like it you know and they all and like I like how they have they have like you know white hoods but they have white hoods with two things they're not Klux <laughs> Klan members but I mean you know you know exactly that's what they're like that's what they're saying like these are 100 percent Klux Klan but they're like we're gonna make it a little different just because I think the only fine. thing I could think of when I saw those was the scene from Django Unchained. Yeah, that's what I thought of, too. <laughs> I haven't seen Man, that in a while. These holes ain't big enough to see. <laughs> well, I made them last night in a hurry. <laughs> Such a good scene. It's awful, but it's hilarious. So it's but just everything with, with the White Dragon and how much of a piece of shit they make him and how, like, how, you know, they make those guys also kind of dumb, too. Like, they're, like, one of my favorite scenes in this show that I forgot, completely forgot to mention when I did the opening is... The whole thing when they find out, I mean, this is way later, but when they find out or near the end, when they find out they have the tracker and the helmet and he ties the, the helmet to a raccoon. <laughs> and when Ekin, Ekinope is like, 
you know, yeah, that's about what I figured if a if a if a man was to go up and grab a, a wild raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious by the way it's just delivered so nonchalantly and all of a sudden you see John Cena's face it's all cut up and scratched up from a raccoon like it's just so fucking hilarious I really like that <laughs> raccoons are vicious little fuckers too yeah, don't fuck assholes. with them I love raccoons but I ain't gonna you don't mess with them I once did I remember I was teasing one once in my backyard a long time ago and I think he was ready to beat the shit out of me he was trying he was trying to scratch me we don't have him here and I'm so sad because I have Watch many Instagram videos just of adorable raccoons sitting eating bowls of grapes. <laughs> they, they like the sewers in Milwaukee a lot. That's probably a normal thing, but I remember in Milwaukee, they're always going to the storm drains everywhere. Our next pet's going to be a raccoon, and I'm fine with it because raccoons only live for like three to five years. They don't make good pets. so They're Aww. fine. They got little hands. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't gotten any around here. I've been feeding animals outside or birds and stuff, but I haven't, I haven't seen any raccoons yet. My roommate used to work for Sears and one must have gotten in a truck somewhere and the stock truck came in and there was a raccoon in the back. And I think that's the only one that's ever that I know has ever been here. And they had to catch it right away in case it would screw up our ecosystem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they care about those things now. Unlike Australia, when they brought rabbits to Australia to hunt. (laughs) I was thinking the bullfrog bit from The Simpsons. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to call them Chaz bosses. I mean, and everybody really does grow. I mean, hardcore really grew on me. Well, I mean, I liked her from the beginning because she was hot. But as the show as the show goes on, like, they does a great job with her character. Uh, Mern, everything with Mern, like, I don't like him at first. But later on, like, you start understanding when they, you know, more about him when he finally comes clean to Peacemaker that, you know, he's a butterfly and that he, you know, didn't like what they were doing until he joined the humans. It's not only that, it's like where he has like the speech where he's like, I took over this person. He was a terrible human being. And every morning I wake up and I have to live with his memories and how hard that is. It's pretty like, bad. That's, yeah. Oof. And they talk about the throughout the show, they talk about the cow that, you know, makes the nectar. And I did not expect what that cow was going to look like when we finally get to that last episode. He got his Mothra wish. That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, I was expecting something like Queen pulsating, bloated, festering, sweaty, malformed slug for a butt from Earthworm Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I, so reference. It's a deep cut. So I had to uh, add a, I, I watched the first three episodes. I, my husband watched the first episode behind me while I was watching it. Like, I think like Sunday. And then uh, I watched a couple. I watched like two episodes at work this week. But I, I pretty much finished it all this morning. And whenever I booted up, he went downstairs and watched it with me. And He's sitting there and they showed the, you know, the, the cow and he couldn't stop laughing. And I'm like, what? And he's like, why does it only have one tooth? It's got one big triangle tooth. And it's just so fucking weird and off-putting. You know, it does. <laughs> it's kind of cute, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad for it. You it's, know, a little bit. It's also and even uh, bad for like, like the finale and, and even the closing scene. Um, I don't know if we want to jump in there quite yet. We can we can jump around. We are because even. like like the whole their their mission essentially like these butterflies are essentially invading humans by taking over like burrowing into people and people of influence and and they have this giant alien creature that produces this nectar which is the only thing that they can eat like they can live on Earth they can drink water they can breathe the atmosphere but there's no food source so their final mission is essentially to kill this effectively cutting off their food supply and during the 
earlier in the season season the main butterfly uh goth peacemaker and vigilante like capture them and they're feeding it and it said they try they try to communicate with them that they're there for peace and at the end he's infected one of the police officers that are after peacemaker and they're trying to explain the mission about how they didn't listen to science and reason and their world was destroyed and they're trying to prevent that here and the choice of well do we let these people take care of us or do we trust humanity to actually fix the problem and you know it's kind of like the x-men argument of do you go with magneto or xavier like both make good points like clearly like this is touching on our own what's happening now and can we be trusted to save our planet like maybe we should let the butterflies take over like judo master is crying when he finds out that this is that they're gone and the last scene is just peacemaker at his house and golf shows up and he dumps nectar on the grounds and that is literally the last bit of food for that entire species that james has confirmed like that is the last vestige of nutrition for this creature and i i thought about that scene for days after and how like as bad as like goff is is like does he have to kill them or they're gonna starve to death and these things just but like just in my brain and it's just how effective and well crafted this entire show is I mean, that does bring up some really good points. I mean, it's just the whole idea of, I mean, yes, they're committing genocide, but they're committing genocide against a violent attacker. So I think that's part. But it does bring a lot of good points. Like, I mean, can we be trusted? I, you know, like humans are stupid. I don't think we can. <laughs> we can't with money. We need we need to get the Star Trek level. Then we can be trusted. But we're we're not there yet. No, we never no. will be. But no, that's why Star Trek is a fantasy. We'll never get there. No. Humanity is more selfish. You know, there's I, a few few good people here and there, but for the most part, we can't be trusted. We we can't take care of ourselves. We're idiot children. Loki was right. Thanos is right. The butterflies <laughs> are right. We suck. Jason Todd's right. Yep. All this show, all this from a show that makes a joke about Peacemaker afraid he's going to become a dick vampire when he doesn't know what a butterfly is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, like, considering all of the ethical quandaries and emotions that the show made you feel off of a joke character played by a professional wrestler, I think it's safe to say that this show does something special. Yeah. Don't forget. No, it really does. Don't forget. And be, a couple like, things I, I want to touch on real quick. One, like, the white dragon, like, when he shoots his father in the head, finally, and, like, you see how much it tortures him, even though it had to be done, like. Fuck, fuck that guy. But, like, it makes sense. And then, like, you know, when there's something about the helmet, he's like, yeah, we could make another one if we didn't just shoot the guy that did it. And Vision is like, oh, that's funny, because we did it. And just completely misreading the scene. Uh, it's good. I, I do like that it confirms that Peacemaker is bisexual. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Which makes me and my bisexual heart very, very happy. It also confirms in the show that Peacemaker is left-handed, which... Damn it, yes. I need more left-hand representation in the media. Is he? Yeah, yeah. They show him, um, I think he was signing something, but with his left hand. Oh, uh, okay. So That's that cool. made me very happy, because <laughs> I'm left-handed. 
this is a lot. I mean, like, and the and also that scene leading right up to it, like, because the last episodes are so like vicious in like what they do. And the, I mean, and like you have the whole funny bit, like, okay, we got to bring the helmet there. How are we gonna do it? Well, we're gonna tell Eagly to do it. Or he's talking to Eagly. Eagly's flying it, and then Eagly just turns. There's an eagle, so he just turns around and drops it somewhere else. And we're vigilant. like, you know, he has, he has a lot of great things about Peacemaker. One of his flaws is overestimating what Eagly can do. <laughs> Eagly voiced by D. Bradley Baker, by the way. What the fuck? Of course. I wouldn't expect anything less at this point. I also like the scene where, uh, what is it? They're, they're like, are you guys ready to go kill the cow? And they're like, yeah. And then like the, the veterinarians are like, yeah, let's go kick some ass. And they're like, no, you guys aren't coming with us. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that scene is rough. <laughs> yeah, we're vigilant. Like, I'll just shoot him. They know our identities. He's like, can't we just? But he's like, you know, but you're worried about what tape we use when you high him up? Well, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I just like when when Eagly gets shot and they have to bring him to the vet and he's just praying for him to be okay. And then when Eagly gets up and hugs him for the sound, oh my God, that's just, oh, so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's Gun's ability to use the CG animal. <laughs> to like <laughs> I mean there's also a small scene where they where Amanda Waller's daughter essentially tricks Vigilante to go in prison to he's gonna try to kill you know his father for Peacemaker because he got essentially <laughs> manipulated man that was such a good scene that's a great scene it is a great scene and it's as such for Vigilante where he tries to do it but fails and then he gets out and it's kind of the first time where he's kind of serious where he's like, I think I've screwed up and he's like visibly upset by yeah. that. I mean, he did screw up. Yeah, but he just, he wanted to help. Yeah. He's doing it for his friends. Yeah. No, I mean, his, his reasoning was right, but he did fuck up. Yeah. That's all. And oh God, though, like, oh, vigilante's so fucking great in that scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you provoke racists? Because he has it down to a science. Yeah, that was that. So that was a really great way to provoke better than the uh, the Kingsman. What is it? I'm I'm off to commit adultery with my gay Jewish black husband and we'll go. So hail Satan and please get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, <laughs> which was hilarious. Don't get me wrong, but this was better. Yeah, that was the one in Peacemaker. So much better. <laughs> I love how I love what he's provoking. Them. They're like, what the fuck? <sighs> It, it's also even funnier because uh, I think not the next scene, but a little later on, you see Peacemaker's dad get out of jail and the the dude that picks him up has like a big. Uh, what is it? The fuck? What is that flag? People hate the there's a lot of them. Confederate one. The Confederate flag. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy that's driving has a Confederate flag patch on his jacket. Uh, of course he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, it's OK when you're fictional. It's not OK when it's real. It's not okay when you're fictional, though. As the point, as the show. Well, yeah, I mean, it's okay when you're fictional because it's meant to, you know, you're a character, it's not real. But I actually have a good friend of mine that I know was, not for very long, but I know she was dating a guy, went to his house, and he had a big Confederate flag above his bed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. You want everybody to know what you think of people, huh? Nope. That is, that's one of the few immediate red flags that I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, gotta go. Nice to meet you. Or the other joke that I always think of, you know, if anyone ever starts the conversation, I'm not racist, but mm-hmm. you don't need to say anything else. <laughs> yeah. enough, right? <laughs> when dumbass people say that. Um, I like that there's like an end, uh, like an after credit thing in every episode. Which I did not know about until you guys said something to me. <laughs> but like, it's never like something that's like you have to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's just like, kind of like an extended scene. Yeah, it's just bonus fun times. 
with the best, of course, being like in episode five, I believe they have the briefing, <laughs> the PowerPoint show where he just goes through the list of people that he could have framed instead of his dad. And then it's just an extended version of that. That had to be ad-libbed. That's ad-libbed. Oh, it was. Okay. He even says, like, James Gunn, Freddie Stroman. And he says, I don't know who those people are. Those aren't real people. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts just, just spouting out, and it was hilarious. It's great. I love it. I really and, enjoyed that. And I had to look up the um, the detective, the, uh, the male detective. I... Uh- forget his name lachlan monroe that's the actor at least yeah yeah i didn't realize he was actually on riverdale according to his imdb mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because one of the names he mentions like those cunts from riverdale which i just made me die laughing because i just know him from i probably saw the movie i don't remember it called dead man on campus yes that's the first time i saw him too okay so it's more than just me okay <laughs> yep. No, I love that movie so much, and I've been trying to find it forever. It is so hard to find. Oh my god, what a great dark comedy that was! So, for the audience who doesn't know what the movie we're referring to, it's about two people in college who just find it a rule that if your roommate dies, you get straight A's. So basically, they're trying to get this guy to kill, like to die, but make it look like an accident. I remember. Yeah, and it, it has Saved by the Bell's Mark Gosler. <laughs> Oh, with oh, Mark Paul Gosler with black hair. Forget about it. Oh my God, so cute. Yeah. Oh, but Lachlan Monroe plays a an insane person in that movie. <laughs> like he is nothing but like amped up workout energy at all times, and in this, he's just so calm and really funny when he wants to be. Like he's he's so good in this show. Shot wish... in Canada, baby. Yep. <laughs> no, really. Everything's shot in Canada. Because <laughs> it's cheaper, right? Isn't that why they all do it, I'm assuming? Tax credits. Oh. Yeah. They like tax credits. Oh yeah. Oh, and one scene that I've been purposely not talking about, but I want to talk about like the ending or near the end of the show, which I thought was the ending when they when they leave the building. Because when they go to the fight the cow and, you know, they're trying to stop the invasion, they make a comment where they're like, call in the Justice League. <laughs> and when they when they finished, you know, and they're car- he's carrying Harcourt's body out, I thought she was dead. And like all that's happening. And then you, all of a sudden you just see the four you see four members of the Justice League, even though it's only two of the actors, because Superman and Wonder Woman, they never they don't show their faces. They were probably so, busy doing stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think he there was behind the scenes stuff where they actually had a, an actor for the Batman silhouette, but then I think they had silhouettes for all of them. But then of course, like with Ray Fisher cyborg actor. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Like, I mean, everything that's going on with him. I, and I say that not as the same cause he keep fighting, man, like yeah. keep fighting a good fight and Ben Affleck. And then I think James Gunn was like, I called up, those two guys, I think they were doing the Flash and Aquaman too, and was like, "So I have this bit. Like, do you want to do it?" And they both agreed to it. <laughs> well, but the other two people were just stand-ins. Yeah, you could tell because you didn't see their faces. But yeah. the fact that you see Aquaman's face, and I mean Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller, and like it was just, it was, just, it's so funny. And and then I think I think Peacemaker's like, "Yeah, go fuck some more fish, asshole," because you know they're late. <laughs> 
And I think yeah, every, I think Flash is like, just like, I'm so tired of that rumor. But then Barry's like, isn't it true? And just to hear his response, be like, fuck you, Barry. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so great. But it, also what kind of made me laugh, too, is like the whole idea how we never really gotten anything with the Flash. I mean, like we had the Flash in the scene in Suicide Squad. We have him in Batman v Superman. I guess that in Justice League, but like, you know, that movie, because it's just been sitting, you know, he's coming out soon at the rate you're going to hit. The movie will be out around the time you're hearing this because we're releasing in the June. But I don't know, just kind of funny humorous to me. And, yeah. and that's what I've always found humorous about kind of these movies, because like in in the MCU, for example, like in Multiverse of Madness, like Doctor Strange makes a joke about getting Elizabeth Olsen's character back in a lunchbox because you would believe that in this world, there's Avengers shirts and action figures and probably video games because Tony Stark would have built a cottage industry around this. But we as an audience have only seen Batman as like a stone cold, like broken man who's branding people. So it's weird that Superman is essentially like destroying places and is very somber but in Shazam, they go to a toy store where they have Batman toys. And like, what company would want to produce a toy of this version of Batman? Wayne Tech. I mean, I, I did guess, buy a figure yeah. of Joe Exotic and have two of them in my house. So, and, hey. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and like in Black Adam, he's just like, oh, the Flash. And it's like, but these heroes haven't done anything public. And you're led to believe that Wonder Woman has done nothing uh, except for that movie. Then in, in the 80s, where she destroyed a camera with a tiara, so therefore she covered up her tracks, question mark. So unless a lot of stuff is happening off camera, the Justice League has only done one thing that the public didn't witness. Like at the end of Avengers, they go and they have Ashley Johnson say, like, Captain America saved my life. But in Justice League, like, the only people who sees them in Zach's in Joss Whedon's Justice League, which I am assuming is the canon version to this, is that family of Russians, and I guess the house that Superman moves. I hate that theatrical version of that movie so much. <laughs> I do like that so Superman bad. moment where he moves the house, though. That is top tier. Like I love that. Where the Flash is like, I saved a bunch of people, and you just see Superman carrying like a building. Oh, like. Joss Whedon a piece of shit, but that's a great moment. I mean, that's why Ray Fisher isn't involved anymore, right? It's because of allegations against Joss Whedon, right? If I'm oh, and Walter Hamada, a bunch of people at WB. Yeah, okay. Like, WB just kind of really fucked the pooch a lot of things. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, that's what yeah. they get, though. Well, they even had David Zaslav was delivering a commencement speech somewhere, I believe, last weekend, and the audience started booing him <laughs> and started chanting, like, pay your writers and all these other things. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they didn't like that. Oh, well. Tough shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, your writers. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Put up Batgirl. Now, too. <laughs> uh, we'll get that someday. Why someday we'll, we'll get it at some point, I think, in the next five, uh, probably five to ten years. It'll, it'll show up somewhere. They can't. They can't make any money off of it. No, I mean, it'll, it won't make money off it. I mean, like, they'll just have it, like, as a bonus thing by a certain movie or something. It'll be released on YouTube. And it'll be like under five accounts, and then <laughs> like it's gonna be called like something else, and then they're gonna end up not being. It's gonna be like, oh, we took it down. No, you didn't. Everyone's already downloaded it and like mass spreading it, so it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see my favorite movie, Bat Dot Girl Dot X Vid Slash Biagusta Dot Three. But it was it just 
I completely forgot about that Justice League scene, even though like I remember back in when that would have came out last year in March, probably let's say March or so, and that podcast will be an earlier comic conspiracy mentioning it, and I completely completely left my mind. So when I got to this part, I'm like, oh yeah, that part. Like had no recollection of it. I just love seeing Aquaman in his in his classic costume with the orange shirt. I like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I think he's a great I'm, Aquaman. I'm I, sad that we're just gonna get. I absolutely hate him as Aquaman. That's fair. I don't think that he fits that character. I there's nothing about him that screams Aquaman. Uh, actually, in watching Guardians three, I think Will Poulter should be the new Aquaman. I buy that. And I will say, if you love Jason Momoa, go see Fast X. Oh, oh, he is gaining weight on scenery. Doesn't doesn't that movie end with like Vin Diesel getting superpowers or something? I mean, he's had superpowers since part five. Like, a car is essentially an Iron Man suit in this universe, but yeah. he's absolutely insane. Like, he understood the assignment better than anyone. Like, even if you don't like those movies, like, he is so ungodly entertaining. <laughs> I Oh, it's fine, though. Jason Moma has been confirmed that he's coming back as Lobo, so it's all fine. I yeah. hope to God so, because as soon as I first saw him on Game of Thrones, I was like, yeah, that motherfucker for Lobo right there. Well, also, I mean, I'm pretty sure after Aquaman 2 comes out, he's done as Aquaman, so. Mm-hmm. He's been done as Aquaman since the first one, I think. Well, that's well, so that, after insane. All... Like, that first movie made a billion dollars, and apparently, I, I mean, you can't read, trust what you read on the internet unless you go to comicbookvideogames.com. <laughs> Where actual journalism happens, I guess. <laughs> well, we're still getting Aquaman 2 this year, supposedly. Yeah, apparently it's the tracking is that it is a disaster. No. Like, there was support groups and, or, like, I guess, test screenings of it. And people are said it's absolutely atrocious and unreleasable. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so, so go see it high. Awesome. Cool. Got that. I wonder how they fucked it up so bad. I mean, the first one is not great, and I, I love, love Aquaman, and I was like, I have a headache. Like, someone said, I think, I can't remember who it was, it's a He-Man movie that we never got, and I'm like, yeah, this is a Masters of the Universe movie. No, you that makes what? sense, actually. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of fucking sense, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you Aquaman is the movie, villain. Though. Like, you think about it, if Aquaman would just would have hauled the submarine out of the grounds... Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like kill you or whatever. Like you wouldn't even have Black Manta like, oh, and I'm not one of these people who are like rewrite movies because everyone has to be perfect. But like, that's such a stupid decision. And it like it just poisoned me for the whole thing. Aquaman ran over. Peacemaker is great. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen Aquaman once and I haven't. I just saw in theaters the one time, but I've been wanting to rewatch it. But I'm I'm unsure about it. Did they cut Amber Heard out? I'm assuming they didn't. No. They didn't okay. cut her out, but I, from what I'm reading, like they basically made her like a non-entity, which is so terrible because Mira is such a great character. Yeah, I wish they would just recast it, but it was too late at that time. I don't think any of us would have cared. They could have put Jason Momoa in a red wig and just ha- had him act next to himself, and none of us would have cared. Just have it be Danny DeVito. <laughs> but I'm assuming, like, when it comes to the Peacemaker stuff, because we know we're getting a season two, I think it's just going to be like, this will be the only thing that isn't affected by the Flash stuff. Because mm. I really completely believe everything is getting rewritten in Flash. See, I, I Are think... Are we getting it, though? I yeah. See, I would think that, like, because I'm, I'm hearing rumors like Marco Robbie might be Sue Storm, and that makes me sad, because I would just 
want her to I wanted to see her as Harley Quinn with Poison Ivy in with in that new universe. God, that'd be such a good movie. I cannot believe that Margot Robbie would like be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to completely ditch this character that I have put so much of my own life blood into. I guess you want to change. I can understand that. I mean, WB like I've I've seen things where I think someone said we brought up recently because there's a joke because Margot Robbie's in the new Barbie movie. And I think they brought up that she still talks to John Cena constantly. So I I 100% believe they're still going to bring her back as Harley Quinn. I mean, that would be awesome if she's in season two, even just for a small part, like a cameo thing. Like, it would be awesome. See, I don't even think you need that stuff. It just needs no, to be like these guys. I was so I was thinking of like the future of like, what are they going to keep? What are they going to get rid of? Like, I think, well, we'll see. I, like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe Ezra Miller will go to prison. Maybe he'll pull a Robert Downey Jr. and become a better person. I have no idea. But even before all this stuff i never looked at that actor and said oh yeah they should be a superhero <laughs> there's nothing about them maybe the flash will prove me wrong yeah my prediction well depending on my prediction I either have already come true or proof also the point you hear this that again i really believe that once the flash movie ends like everything's done with ezra miller everything's done with everybody yeah i think I'm waiting for like the flash to come out. And like a week later, it's like, oh yeah, Ezra Miller completely kicked out of all DC projects and like directors and actors coming out, finally being like, oh yeah, no, they were an awful person. And none of us actually liked working with them and all this other stuff. Because I always think about like when after black Adam came out, everybody got all excited that, you know, Henry Cavill's coming back. And it was shortly after that. James Gunn said, yeah, Henry Cavill, like we're doing our Superman. Henry Cavill's done, but the other ones can come back. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's only was said because they still had upcoming movies, so they didn't want to tank themselves by saying, yeah, we're done. This doesn't matter. This won't connect to anything. You know, go see our movie anyway. They knew people were like, fuck you. So I think that's why they kept their mouth yeah, shut. Yeah, I think he said Shazam. He's like, well, if, if audiences respond to it well, then maybe we'll see if we can fit this in. But if it doesn't, then... I mean, I think we're also to the point now where... Like, we're past the era of a C-list character headlining a movie. Like, with the saturation point where it is now and kind of, like, the box office terms where Ant-Man, like, you have to start just using your hits. Like, you have to use Batman, Superman, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. Like, you need those guys now. You can't do a Shazam anymore. Like, those days are over. (laughs) Guardians would seemingly disagree with you, though. But I mean, Guardians was already in that era when Marvel was hot. So like Guardians has already been established. I got one word for you. Craven. Okay, that's a Sony Marvel movie. That doesn't count. I mean, he's going to be in a Spider-Man 2 game. He's going to be great in that. I'm excited. Are they getting uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson to play? I mean, they made Peter Parker look like Tom Holland, so why not? No, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the, the actor's name. He, they announced it, but I can't remember who he Because someone made a joke that he was on Friends and Phoebe broke up with him. And they, they joked that, like, Phoebe breaking up with him was a catalyst for him becoming Craven the Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, have they announced when season two is coming out yet, a Peacemaker? No. I have it's... no idea. Because, I mean, the writer's strike is happening right now, and James Gunn is writing Superman and directing it. So I've, I'm assuming that's his main focus right now. Plus he has the whole universe. Like he's, 
yeah, a CEO now. Uh, my my theory is we're not gonna get a Superman anytime soon, but we'll at least have a uh, an announcement to who's gonna play Superman during Comic Con this year. And I hope we have a moment like Ted Two, where everyone walks in and it goes, Superman will be played by Jonah Hill, and one random guy just goes, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just watched the series finale for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel last night, and I just want Rachel Brosnan to be Lois Lane. That's that rumor came out the other week, and I want that so, so bad. I just don't want any any Amy Adams again. She was great, but not as Lois Lane. Still upsets me. All right. Any last thing to say about Peacemaker since we kind of went a different route? Uh, That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's go to Shelf Stacker Bach. And Kenneth, since you were the one that pushed me to do this episode, what what do you what do you say? I'm pretty sure nobody would be surprised to find out that I put it on the shelf. I love this show so much. Like it's it's everything that you like about James Gunn's Marvel movies, except it's allowed to be bigger. You know, this is almost rough eight hours worth of show. And it just it lets everybody breathe. You get a lot of really great character development. It's exceptional. All right. And I'll go next. I'm also going to put this on the shelf. Again, it's one of those things I came in with zero expectations. Didn't give a shit. And I just was listening to you guys bully me into it. Well, maybe I felt bad if I made you watch some terrible DC movies. So So I was like, okay, I owe you guys. Like, we'll do this. And I I really, really had fun. I'm going to rewatch it, hopefully, with my wife, because I think she would get a kick out of this. And it was really good. Go on the shelf. And I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. What about you, player? Oh, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone's putting this on the shelf, so you didn't even really need to have Life of the Shelf Stacker Box this time. I adore this show. Um, I think of all the superhero media that we had, and years ago, I was something would come out, and I was like, I want to buy all the toys and stuff like that, and now I'm just completely over that now. Like, I don't need any junk. But when this came out, I it just reignited something in me. Like, I just wanted to stay with these characters and just show that like you don't need spectacle just as long as you have a story and well-written characters and like the second those Funko Pops started showing up I got Peacemaker and Vigilante and Eagly and then I missed out on the Suicide Squad figures when they were out because I thought the movie was okay and I didn't really want to buy anything then I couldn't get Peacemaker, and then Victor Lucas from the Electric Playground sent me one, and I was very, very happy about that. So, yeah, I love the show. If they do more, great. If they don't, that's also great. If the second season's bad, this is will always be excellent. Okay, and you, Joe? Uh, I'm also going to put this on the shelf. I had a lot, a great time. I also was forced to watch this, because I never decided to get around to it, especially because of the whole... DC's being rebooted, and when that got announced, I didn't see a point watching it. But I was the same boat. Yeah, I'm glad I did, and you know, especially because, like I said earlier, James Gunn confirmed that he's bringing Peacemaker back to his universe. So I'm sure it is a good thing that I watched it. But uh, yeah, I had a good time with it. I love John Cena. And, yeah, great movie, great TV show, whatever. <laughs> okay, I also think like the whole like that's why I think they've been also cagey about. They're like, oh, it's not a real reboot. Yes, it is. Like they just because they're worried that. If they say it too soon, people will drop everything that's happening before. Like so well, this, And then that's the whole thing about that is I kind of hate that where it's, oh, it doesn't matter. Like it, if, if the only reason you're going to see these movies is to see where it sets up the next thing, then they, these movies shouldn't exist. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm also 
Shazam doesn't really connect with anything because The Rock wouldn't let it or whatever. But like the first Shazam is like a great little story. It doesn't matter that it connects anything. And same with Shazam 2. Like I just really wanted to go see a DC movie. I didn't care about like who's going to show up or what is this going to set up. And it was fine. Like I wanted to be better, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter. Like if I can't wait to see Blue Beetle, will Blue Beetle count? Don't know. Don't care. It just looks really fun. <laughs> oh, is that this year too? Yeah, it's yeah. August. Man, we're getting three more DC movies this year and only one more Marvel movie this year. Uh, we're supposed to get Loki this year, too. Well, yeah, the show season two then. Yeah. OK. But, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Blair. It's nice to watch a TV show that's not because Quantumania officially burnt me out on like the whole, oh, the new movie's going to have something to do with the main bad guy. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. And I, uh, that's why I think that's why, you know, we talk about it a lot in this. That's why I like Guardians. Guardians didn't really have any strange attacks except to its own universe and same thing with this, and that makes me like the show probably a little bit more. It was nice to appreciate a DC property like a lot because I, I really did appreciate this show. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. I know we're this is a DC podcast. We're talking about DC stuff right now, but you know what? If they do have to recast Kang, boy oh boy, do I have somebody who would be great for the damn job? It would be the gentleman who played Myrna on peacemaker oh yeah. fair as long as they would have to hide his face more because the high evolutionary but yeah no like, they can just say is like a king variant yeah Good point. Yeah, that yeah. would work i think it's high evolution no high evolutionary not a king variant but they could just the make comments, it that way they, they, yeah, they like they retcon crap all the time yeah, yeah. just get him he yeah no he, so he did a great job just... there's so many people that you could pick to play king like i wanted jonathan majors to be good yeah, and, that really bums me out that he's I mean, I don't know what's happening with that. And yeah. I mean, I hope it happens. But it's like I saw that and he was the only thing I really liked about Ant-Man. And then I saw Creed three and he was terrific in that. And I saw uh, it was a movie that came out last year about it was a true story about a pilot and he was African-American. Oh, yeah. It was really, really boring, but it's the only movies that my parents like. But he's great in that, too. And it's such a bummer because, you know, then I saw him on a talk show. I think it was like Seth Meyers. And I'm like, it just seems like a great guy. But then these things come out and, you know, I was like, uh, maybe it's just someone trying to do something because he's famous. But then it's all these other things. And it's like, oh, no, this is deeper than just one person. Mm hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is, and with the movie bombing, I think his his career as Kang is done because I think they're just gonna push it away and go on to something and just. I I don't think it's because of him because when people talk about Ant Man, they said no. I think the movie is just bad, bad, but I think Marvel is <laughs> going to blame it on him and and not handle it. Yeah. Well, they're just waiting till Loki two comes out because they can't drop him because you know we talked about people yeah. watching stuff because it doesn't matter when he's gone people won't tune into Loki because Disney will have already said, well, he's gone. Kang is gone. We're doing our plans over whatever. Yeah. I mean, they are, but yeah, they're, they're being hushed about it. Yeah. All right. I think that's, we said a lot <laughs> on this episode. So yeah. And, and Blair, where can people find you at? Uh, when is this episode coming out? End of June. End of June. Okay. Uh, well you can find me, uh, at comicbookvideogames.com. I would normally put out my Twitter handle, but I'm finding that increasingly useless nowadays. I really need to find another place to... What are you talking about? Twitter's great if you paid the 10 bucks and support a crazy man. What? Yeah. Uh, I, I my stuff is getting out there, which is Mine frustrating because 
I mean, by the time this is out, um, I have an interview with someone who worked on Superman Shadow of Apocalypse. It's maybe one of the best things I've ever done, which is getting not the traction that I expected, given the fact that I reveal an unearthed, unproduced Superman game in that article. And by the time this comes out, you'll also be able to read another interview with someone who worked on Justice League Heroes, The Flash for Game Boy Advance. I have that now and it'll be up by the time the flash comes out and I want to play that game again. Okay. No, I yeah, Twitter's Twitter's a cesspool now when it comes to the way they fucked everything up. So that's a whole other thing. And if you want to support the show, we do have a, we do have a Patreon for little dog. You can vote in our Patreon polls. We have a poll every single month. I don't know the poll will be next month. So I'm not going to say, but you can actually, I do know, but you can go vote in that poll. You'll see a link in the show notes to go check that out. We do have discord. If you want to chat with us. You can, you'll see a link in the show notes. Also, please join that. And when you shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere, you can follow her on TikTok. And when you shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40, been on the show many, many times. Uh, it's where he interviews people, how video games affect their lives. Very good show. Definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube, audio only, but we are on YouTube. And that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.